Hello, I'm Emily Aite, a senior associate in the employment team at Stevenson Harwood in Dubai. And I'm going to talk about a case in the courts of the Dubai International Financial Centre, or DIFC for short, that has thrust into the spotlight the framework around the protection of whistleblowers in the DIFC. In particular, the extent to which historic disclosures protect employees and also the question of remedies and whether employers may be liable to pay compensation to whistleblowers. And by the term whistleblower, I'm referring to someone who has reported malpractice or wrongdoing that they've witnessed. The case in question is the DIFC Court of Appeal case number 5 of 2020, Bassam Khalifa versus Swift Dubai Limited. Mr Khalifa was employed by Swift as a senior accounts director and was dismissed in early 2019. He claimed, amongst other things, that Swift dismissed him because he had made whistleblowing disclosures to the company's chief auditor, alleging fraudulent activity in the company. He claimed that Swift's actions in dismissing him were in breach of Article 64 of DIFC Law No. 7 of 2018, known as the DIFC Operating Law, and he sought damages. Now, Article 64 introduced statutory protection from dismissal or detriment, or any other legal liability, for having made a disclosure of certain types of information regarding wrongdoing to certain prescribed persons, such as a company's auditor. Mr Khalifa brought his claim in the DIFC Small Claims Tribunal, and the case was transferred to the DIFC Court of First Instance, who was asked to consider a number of preliminary issues. One of those issues was whether the court had the power to order compensation for loss or damage suffered as a result of a breach of Article 64, because Article 64 specifically provides for a fine to be paid, but is silent on the question of compensation. The Court of First Instance decided in April 2020 that it does have the power to order compensation and that this is by virtue of a power set out in Article 40, which states that where a person commits a breach of any requirement, duty, prohibition, responsibility or obligation under the operating law, that person is liable to compensate anyone who suffers loss or damage as a result of that breach. Swift appealed the decision and other preliminary findings to the DIFC Court of Appeal. At the same time, Swift submitted a new argument before the Court of Appeal that Mr Khalifa's dismissal did not even engage Article 64 because none of the disclosures that he relied on were protected under the law, as all of them were made by him before the operating law actually came into force in November 2018. All of his disclosures were made between November 2017 and October 2018. Swift argued that the key words in Article 64 were stated in the present tense, meaning that according to the rules of legislative grammar, those words were looking to the future. So to benefit from the protection under Article 64, the disclosures relied on have to be made in the future, i.e. after the law came into force. The words in question were provisions in Article 64 starting with a person who makes a disclosure and also the phrase where a person makes a disclosure. The Court of Appeal agreed. It said the use of the legislative present tense was determinative. Mr Khalifa must have made the disclosures in the present, i.e. in the time of the operating law being in force, and therefore as the relevant disclosures predated the operating law, they were not protected. It didn't matter that the alleged retaliatory dismissal in early 2019 came after the operating law had come into force in November 2018. 
The Court of Appeal proceeded to rule that Mr Khalifa was therefore not entitled to financial relief in respect of the dismissal that he alleged was in retaliation for the historic disclosures he'd made. Now, this decision is significant for DIFC employers because it provides them with some comfort that they won't have to treat historic disclosures as being protected and therefore worry about them coming back to bite when dealing with employees now. Now, at the same time, the Court of Appeal did affirm the first instance court's decision that there is an entitlement to compensation under Article 40, so long as the requirements have been met, i.e. there's been loss or damage caused by a breach of the operating law. So the fact of there being a threat of claims and potential awards for uncapped compensation should still prompt DIFC employers to turn their focus to what steps they could take to reduce the risk of whistleblowing claims, such as introducing appropriate internal policies, robust investigation procedures, and of course, introducing appropriate employee training. Now, we can imagine that this is just the tip of the iceberg and the start of disputes in this areas as employees and, of course, employers alike become more familiar with the DIFC whistleblowing framework. For example, in the future, we might see disputes around other elements of the whistleblowing provisions, such as how to determine whether a disclosure has been made by an employee in good faith, which is one of the requirements for employees to benefit from the statutory protection from dismissal or detriment. Mm-hmm.